Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. So welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I've got Brianna Wells with me today. I've known Brianna for a long time in lots of different uh, aspects of life. So I'm gonna let her tell her story. But what we're gonna talk about today is really just balancing work and home life. And we obviously that's a very common topic. You can Google 8 million things about this. But we're gonna to try to come at this from a, just a real life perspective from uh, Brianna's experience. And I'll throw some things in along the way. But Brianna, why don't you just tell folks your story? Well, John, thank you for having me. I'm um, incredibly honored to be on the podcast. Yeah, we've known each other about seven years now, and you definitely came. Um, it were a big part into my story about, you know, this balancing work and life. Um, I worked in the uh, media industry for about 15 years, uh, specifically the newspaper publication industry. Um, I really fell in love with that. I got started around high school, but really just became enthralled with it um, in college. You hear about people being in college and, you know, staying out all night and, and you know, waking up and, and uh, come rolling in from class from, you know, not, not ever going to sleep. And um, I definitely did that, but I was uh, not out partying or anything like that. I was hanging out in the newsroom, putting out a newspaper. And so that just, um, it, I just really loved the, the whole process of the news industry. And this was before you got your news on the internet. And so people primarily got their news from newspapers, radios, and or television. And uh, so I loved, you know, gathering facts and interviewing people, hearing their stories. Just it's a very, you know, around the clock industry where, you know, news happens all the time. So you could be doing a new story in the morning or going out and doing, you know, following a story in the evening meetings. And then you would get up and uh, put out the paper and and that whole, you know, copy editing, putting the photographs together, the stories, um, putting it on a page and then getting it out for in time for the press, meeting that deadline. A little adrenaline, um, adrenaline rush. Yeah, it was a drill and rush. And, you know, being, you know, young, I got I thrived on that. Mm-hmm. And um, so out of college, um, my first job was a reporter. And again, I kind of went from that, you know, I. I wouldn't get done putting out the paper till like four or five in the morning and, you know, just go, go, go all the time. And the same thing was when I um, graduated college as a reporter, it was the same thing. I was, you know, working, you know, eight to five, like a regular shift doing, you know, newspaper, uh, writing stories, interviews, that sort of thing. But then in the evening you had, you know, meetings to attend and cover those and then write your stories at night uh, before you went into work the next day, because depending on, you know, the the press deadline, mm-hmm. you had to get. So it was an, another around the clock. And I just really uh, thrived on that. I was very driven as a young person. I've always been a very um, like just driven, goal oriented person of a uh, wanting to be a high achiever. And so um, I, ju- I just love that early on in in my career. Um 
And um, I worked very hard at it. And throughout the years, um, I think the thought was recognized, just that kind of drive. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, um, just, yeah, I saw that around me, the, you know, working um, just late hours. And, and that was really kind of what we've talked about this before, just this dedication, dedicated, you know, and so um, as my the, career went model, on, basically. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. As my career went on, um, I was promoted to, um, you know, managerial positions where I was a leader um, of teams of uh, writers and editors. Um, my first job in a manager position was over special publications. And um I was very happy to do that, but I had no model for leadership, like what that looked like in terms of, you know, I had no leadership training. Um, a lot of people, like I was like that where you get promoted because you were good at the job that you did or, you know, you you were a hard worker. And I definitely think that was the case because I had no leadership experience. So, you know, being in my 20s and my first leadership position, I really modeled that off of um people in the industry. And again, that industry specifically is a very deadline oriented around the clock news happens, you know, whenever, and you've got to cover it. Um, but I would just see other leaders in, in the industry, just keep with that same kind of, you know, coming in super early, they would be the first people, you know, in the parking lot, um, working all day, and then they would be the last to leave. And, And so I, you know, being young and naive and I made a lot of mistakes in leadership also, I modeled that same, same thing. And so, you know, I fell into that trap of, um, you know, just put, I really created my identity in my career and being a young person. I think so many people um, can fall into this of just, placing their identity into their job. And I did, and, um, I loved it. And, uh, but as time went on, as you know, I matured and and became of age, um, it it was really fun, you know, kind of early in your twenties, but then came, you know, the time to start a family. And, um, the last position that I held at the newspaper was, uh, a department head. I was a director level. Um, our, our department put out three community newspapers an entertainment publication, a lifestyle magazine, and then over a hundred, uh, special publications. So I had a department of about 30 editors, photographers, writers, designers, and, um, and so it, it, it was a, an honor, a great responsibility. But again, just in that role, seeing the kind of culture that uh, the industry that we were in first and then the kind of culture that, you know, I had um, kind of walked in the same footsteps sure. of leaders before me wanting, thinking that was the right way. You know, I, I kind of fell into that. But as I came into my 30s um, and and having children um, like it just it really got to me. I started to become burned out. I had my daughter and um, just I, I just put that career as number one. What, what was and I know you've got two children now, but with, yes. with your first, what was what was were some of the signs that, hey, I can't continue like this oh, or you yeah. saw suffering at home? 
Well, it really started to become a hard issue for me because I just, there was one week I, I can name, I, I know, you know, the week sure. that it was that there was probably several days. I don't know if it was every single day, but it, there were several days in a row where I would get up before the crack of dawn. Um, my daughter was about four and a half um, at the time. And I would get up and go to work and I would not get to see her. I'd, and, you know, she would be sleeping. I didn't want to wake her. So I didn't see her in the morning. And then we had just publications to put out. And, and sometimes I would go into, uh, you know, if you're turning a publication that night, 10 o'clock, sometimes it goes to two, three in the morning and I would not get home. And, and you know, she would sure. be in bed by the time that I got home and several days in a row. That's when it really hit me. You know, I felt like I had worked you know, like I had put in the time to get to where I was. And like I said, that kind of that position um, was really my identity. I, I felt like I'd worked so hard. I remember before I had my daughter, my mom said to me, well, what are you going, you know, like now, now that you're having a child, you know, are, are you going to leave your, your job? What's, what's and I just change? was felt so like, what, you know, why would I do that? You know? My my career is my identity. And uh, but, you know, working and doing that and, and not seeing, you know, going several days of, you know, not having any interaction with my daughter just really was a turning moment for mm -hmm. me that I can't continue doing this. Um, and so well, I became pregnant with my son and I, I really started uh, just making some steps into coming up with a plan of, you know, I've got to get out of this industry. Um, and even though this position is something that I thought that I wanted, um, that, you know, I feel like I fell into this trap of the world tells you, defines what success looks like. And you get to this certain point once, you know, once I hit that peak, that, you know, that kind of mountaintop, I just, I, I realized that wasn't truly what success um, in, in, in my story was defined for me. So it sounds like clearly priorities changed. Yes. And I know some of you that are watching this or listening to this might say, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm good yeah. where I'm at. And Absolutely. So, so obviously that's a personal choice. Yes. But, but what I'm proud of, Brianna, and I've told you this, but sometimes we don't, sometimes we don't figure this stuff out till we're in our sixties yeah. or seventies. And, and I remember being on an airplane uh, with an executive from Caterpillar. We were flying to Europe and he had seven kids and I, and I had just had my oldest daughter. So, so she was under a year probably. So we're flying and I said something to him. I said, wow, I can't believe I miss this little baby. Like, you know, six months ago, she wasn't even on this earth and I just missed her already. And this guy was kind of gruff and not an emotional guy, mm -hmm. but I looked over and his eyes were kind of welling up and he said, don't, do not miss your family time and your kids like I do. Mm -hmm. And he was 65 probably. And he said, I, I feel like I don't even really know my kids and they don't know me. And this, yeah. I mean, this was so out of character for this guy. Like he was the last person you think would have ever would have said that. But you know, it's like we were just on this airplane and I think he was being, um, challenged by just when I talked about my my daughter so that's all I think for wherever people are in their lives we're, we're not telling you what to do through this podcast we're saying be you know you have to be cognizant of that you really it's very hard to do everything that's absolutely true yes 
there are only so many hours in a day and, you know, kind of, um, there's also the, the idea that, you know, well, and, and I think this is especially prevalent in, in, you know, women, you know, that we're told that, you know, oh, well, kind of women's empowerment, well, you can do all, you can be all, you know, you can have a family and a career. And again, you know, I know everybody has different choices, different situations and different priorities, but it doesn't matter, man or woman, you, you can't, nobody can do it all, you know, or do it all well. There has to be, you know, uh, you have to decide what is going to be, you know, number one for your time. And so I think there are things, you know, there's that balance we kind of right. talk about where you make, um, you know, you do things to put that number one thing. What is the number one thing as a priority? Yeah, and I think, and one of our colleagues used to use this example in our sessions, but we, we hear this term work-life balance and we think, well, it's, you know, it's like a teeter-totter and we've got it right perfectly in the middle. Well, first of all, that rarely ever happens that we're perfectly balanced at work and home. But if it ever did happen, we know it's not going to last. Like, so... His concept was this, if, if in that teeter-totter, work was really heavy, so you're having to work extra hours, stressful time at work, so, so now when you're at home, you've got to put extra pressure at home to kind of try to get this in balance, meaning when you are home, be home. Mm -hmm. Don't get on your phone. Don't say, well, at least I'm home, but you get home at 8 o'clock and you're on your phone the rest of the night, so yes, technically you're, quote, home. But, but you're really not home. Absolutely. And I saw that, um, you know, a lot in the newspaper industry and, and myself included. You know, we, we have these devices that we are, con you know, connected to. And even through work, you know, being having your email connected to that, being having people connected where they can just, you know, text you or call you with different things. And and I, I've seen that, uh, you know, I saw that in the newspaper industry where people, they were home, but they weren't really, yes. you know, they weren't really involved or, 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 you know, taking advantage of that time at home because they were still connected to work. That's right. And then on the opposite side, let's say your kids are sick, your, parent, your parents is ill, there's something going on, a school project, there's something where home is now taking a little bit more of your time. Right. So in that period, then you have to put extra pressure at work to keep it in balance, which means we may only be at work for four hours this day or 20 hours this week, but you got to hit it hard while you're there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more realistic than finding perfect balance. Mm -hmm. But like you said, and, and the, the phones and all of these other um, uh, you know, attachments we have that seem like they're supposed to help us, really do hurt. And, and in our sessions, we talk about for employees and supervisors that have that conversation because the supervisor may not even think anything of, oh, I'm just sending, you know, my employee a text at nine o'clock because this was on my mind. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, I need to res either respond to this right away. And the supervisor might, even if they were talking right then, the supervisor would say, oh, no, 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 I don't expect a response right now. But now, literally, they're probably laying in bed going, well, I have to do this to this, and now that changes my day tomorrow. And so maybe that text could have waited until 8 o'clock the next morning, or it could have been an email form instead of text where it's maybe not so urgent, doesn't feel as urgent. So we talk a lot about that in our sessions, that people just need to chat about these things, because sometimes there's unspoken expectations that really, really can do damage too. Um, the other thing I want to talk about 
and this is a big family thing too, is, is vacation time. Right. Because people will say, oh, we're, we're taking the whole family and we're going to Florida, we're doing this, we're going to the lake, we're doing whatever. But then we end up spending a lot of time on vacation hooked up to text and emails and all that. So, so what have you done in that regard? And, and obviously if you've transitioned through your careers, but what, what have you done there to help with that? Well, I just, I, you talking about that, I think about, you know, just kind of the precedent that was set. And I think sometimes as leaders, I think that you talk about like, you know, make sure that you're communicating that. And even in the unspoken, like, I mean, people are watching you all the time and, you know, your employees are kind of seeing and, and especially if somebody is, you know, coming into wanting to know like, well, what, what is this culture like? And you, there isn't really any sort of like foundation there of that is, um, you know, well known of what is expected, um, that you can see, you're just watching to see how leaders react to things, how, what, what they do. And so we had a leader one time, um, you know, she would take, she took like a vacation and, and she talked about vacation time being important and to get away from work and that sort of thing. But the actions that were displayed um, didn't really, really communicate that in in in, in she action. Was, she was yeah. The whole time. Yeah. She was connected the entire time. Um, she, you know, said, I'll be available by email if you need anything. And so we were like, well, if an emergency comes up, we'll contact her. But throughout the day, every day that she was on vacation from eight to five, we were getting messages sent to us and communicating. And, and you know, that is kind of sending that message, uh, you know, for employees and leaders. Well, is this what I need to do on vacation? When I go on vacation, do I need, I mean, this is our boss doing this. And so yeah. you got to be careful about that. Interesting. If you're hearing thunder behind us, it's because it is thunder <laughs> and we're just doing real life stuff here. So if you hear some storms, that's what that's all about. Um, uh, one more thing on the vacations, and I've heard this many times. I heard it just when I was traveling the last couple of weeks with clients, people saying, well, I don't even take vacation because I know when I get back, it's going to be so miserable that it, I'm going to have so many things to do or so many things stacked up that it just stresses me out. So I, I'd rather just not even take vacation and to talk about breaking your heart. And that should never be the culture in the workplace. And I, I think the, the clients we have that are doing this right, they would say, well, Brianna, if you're, you're going on vacation next week, we've got it. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to be on your phone or we got it taken care of. We're going to check this. We're going to check that. Now, somebody you might say, well, not in our industry. We, we just can't do that. There's no way we could do that. But, but I'll go back not many years. And I remember when I was in Australia for Caterpillar managing a very, very large plant. And if Jen and I and the girls went somewhere, I would go to my admin assistant and say, we're going to be gone for five days or whatever. Uh, this is the hotel we're staying at. Mm -hmm. And if you need me, call the hotel because I had no cell phone at that point. This wasn't that long ago. No cell phone, no email access, even, you know, 15 years ago. And that was it. If they needed me, they had to call the hotel. Now, I will tell you, never did they ever call the hotel. Not saying that wouldn't have happened, but... We kept building very large, expensive Caterpillar machines. That whole week I was gone. And I think we've forgotten that it wasn't that long ago that we were able to do that. And so it, it doesn't mean 100% disconnection all the time after five o'clock or on vacation, but we have to talk about these things because I think so much time that, again, it's unspoken, like you said. So this leader of yours saying, hey, I'm going on vacation, but now you get 37 emails and texts. 
says, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do too. Now she probably would have said, oh, no, 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 Brianna, that, that's not what I expect out of you. That's just me. But it does become the culture sometimes. So I think for all of you that are listening, if you're not sure about what expectations are in these areas, then talk to your supervisor. And I'll say this to hiring managers or people that are just interviewing employees. You need to talk about this stuff in the interview. If it is, if it truly is your culture that you are to be connected 24 seven, then you better tell them that in the interview. Because if you say, oh, no, 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 we value people's work, you know, home life. And that's, we're all about that balance, mm -hmm. but then it's not happening. Then it, it starts to look like, well, maybe you weren't being completely honest with me in the interview. So I would be honest and say, whether it's overtime, you know, to get to move up in this organization, we really value people that work 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, not saying it's the other way, not saying, well, yes, yes, you can have a great career here if you work, you know, 10 or 15 hours a week. That's not reasonable. But most of the time we don't talk about these things. And then after people get hired, especially if they're parents and they go, well, so you're not going to work this weekend? Well, no, my child has this, you know, Girl Scout thing and I've got this to get. And they go, ah, okay. And it starts to feel like, so is this an expectation or is it not? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think we talk enough about the stuff in the interview process. And now it starts to be really stressful because it's now become this kind of surprise expectation. So, so I think all of this, a lot of what we've just talked about, which isn't surprising, comes down to communication and talking about things. Yeah. But even like what conversations did you have to have uh, with your spouse about this? Like about when you were going through this, the, either the just the stress of working so many hours or the potential stress and the family of you working less hours and changing your job and yeah. financial changes. Yeah, so I, I, I'm very blessed to have a very supportive mm -hmm. husband. He has always been like my number one supporter um, all throughout our marriage. I've never felt um, judged or, you know, like when I would come home late at night and not, I never felt that. He has always been just right there in the midst of it and, and willing to help and to do whatever we needed to do for our family. And thankfully, that was the same conversation. And, you know, my my story ends where that was, you know, I knew that I could not continue that sort of being in that industry and having a family uh, and that's specific to, you know, my story. But um, I know when we made that decision, it was it was a very tough decision. And I've never been about um, money. We, uh, My husband and I have been very good about like managing, you know, our, our finances well. We've never lived beyond beyond our means. And so at the time, um, my husband, um, he, he worked, but I was definitely, um, the, the salary that I was being paid, it, it was about almost three times what he was making. And so it was a huge decision. Um, and we just had to, you know, it, again, it came down to that. What, what is the most important Thing. How are we going to prioritize that, that work-life balance? And so we had to make some huge sacrifices. My husband had just bought a new truck. Um, I remember before I came to him and we talked about, and this had been on my heart for a while, about needing to make a change to get out of that industry. And, um, you know, he had to take it back. We And we had to make some, I mean, hard choices. It was not easy. And, and I knew it wasn't easy, but it, it was a decision, a sacrifice I was willing to make. Um, 
And I remember my boss at the time telling me, you will never get this back. You will never be in um, this position, this type of position again. And, and But I knew that to be true, you know, sure. but um, for for my story, that was, you know, I, something that I was willing to sacrifice because I needed something like you talk about that communicating the expectations, you know, like I knew that that was part of the industry. I knew that sure. that was, you know, part of it, but I was looking for something different. And I've, you know, my family being um, the top priority from that point on, um, I knew I wanted to find something um, that would allow me a better work-life balance. Yeah, and I hope, that's great, Brianna, and I hope coming out of the pandemic and things we've been through the last few years that there has been some shifting of that. Maybe mm-hmm. some people are uh, making priorities. A little. That, that list looks different now than it did two years ago. Even, you know, we've seen just friends of ours who had kids in a million activities, for example, and a lot of those stopped during the pandemic. And we've talked to couples that went, uh, wow, this is kind of nice that we don't run around to, you know, 20 things during the week or on the weekends. Now, I'm not, you know, we're not a parenting company, so I'm not talking about that, that you have to do things like that. But but like you said, the time goes very fast. You can't get it back. And I think, you know, ultimately what we hope we've helped with some of you today is just really taking a closer look at that and and really not letting the world tell you what success looks like, either at home or at work. I mean, it could have been the other way, right? Where there would have been a time in our society where women wanted to have a job, wanted to do something outside of the home and were looked down upon if they did. Right. And so, we're, you know, obviously we're not talking about that kind of thing, but we're just saying you're, you are the only one that can define priorities in your life with your mm-hmm. family. And we probably don't have enough serious conversations about it. And then all of a sudden you blink and it's been 10 years or 20 years. And like you said, you can't get it back. And so I'm, I'm just, obviously I'm a big Brianna Wells fan, but I'm proud of you for what you decisions you've made through your life. We, we by the way, have been a benefit of that because Brianna helps us now in our little yes. company. But and, and just to kind of talk about that a little bit going. So I don't know if I told the end of the story, you know, I, I ended up leaving that job. I was looking for something where I had a little bit more work life balance um, and I thought I was still going to be working full time. Um, but um, I started I had met John at a leadership um, training session that he did uh, for the Little Rock Chamber. And um, I, uh, John was needing some help and you talked about a work from home position and I didn't even know that was a thing. This was before COVID. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that could happen. And even in this transition, you know, I was working like part time, you know, so I was working a lot less than what I did at the newspaper that that was such a blessing. But even in this season, like I'm still navigating that work life balance because, you know, I'm doing even less now because Um, you know, that, that priority for me, my family that comes, you know, that I'm going to do what I have to do to, you know, to put that at the forefront of everything. And so, um, even with that, I've had to kind of shift different priorities and even working from home is a huge challenge that I think, you know, you, we think with this COVID, you know, working from home, that there's the, uh, the perfect amount of work-life balance. I think for a lot of people that they found that it, it's even, it's, it's a challenge, you know? Well, again, we, we could have talked about this for hours, but um, in our sessions, we do talk a lot about setting expectations from a company point of view, but we also talk a lot about 
because of the home life and personal things. We do a whole session on burnout and stress. Yes. So one thing that's unique about the John Harrison Group, I hope, is that the sessions that we teach for employees, leaders, whatever, we do hope that 90% of what we talk about applies at home and not just in the workplace. So, Brianna, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing Thank you, your heart with us. Uh, hope this uh, touched you folks out there. Uh, again, you can contact us at johnharrisonvip.com and we'll uh, see you at our next podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.